Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains podcast where we chat about your adventures from expeditions to backpacking. My name's Chris and today we have Jonathan on from Mindful Communications and he has his own company, his own coaching company which I really advise you to go and check out with the link uh, down below. But he spent his time with a bit of van life, traveling around North America, finding himself a bit, having those conversations with themselves, and otherwise just rock climbing his way through. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy his chat. Please consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. But with no further ado, let's just jump straight into it. So I'd love to welcome Jonathan from Mindful Communications Podcast onto the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's absolutely my pleasure. And it's the Home is Where You Park It series. Uh, so the Van Life series, which is always a favorite one of mine to record. So uh, and excited to talk to you about uh, your journey. So where did you go with your van? Well, my van trip was primarily, exclusively, I should say more accurately, <laughs> Uh, it was exclusively in North America, so that's Canada, the U.S., and a stint in Mexico. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty epic. A year, yeah. you said. Yeah, so that was a full year. It was. It started in November 2015. I want to get that right. November 2015. It was just under a year. I would say actually closer to 11 months. Um, and uh, yeah, it started off. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. So started off in Toronto headed down the East Coast uh, in an attempt to escape winter. Uh, ended up in Mexico for the bulk of winter. So spent about, got there around New Year's and spent three months in Mexico. Uh, after those three months, um, did a tour of the States up the West Coast specifically. So spent a whole bunch of time in uh, Texas and um, where else would we go? Nevada, T- lots of time in California. Oregon and then uh, Washington and then we went all the way up to BC where we spent uh, a whole ton a whole whack ton of time before we drove across um, through the states back to Toronto so we did this kind of big circle and as you can imagine even though it was a whole year I definitely did not have enough time to cover what I wanted to cover missed so many things because I mean there's just so much to do so much to see I mean we're going to talk about I'm really into rock climbing that was the it's kind of the the central thing of the trip. And when, you, when you're when you into rock climbing, you, you often want to stay in areas for extended period of time. So we'd be in like, you know, I remember once one place we went to was called uh, Smith Rock, and that's in Oregon. And it's outside of this town called Bend. You, you, yeah. it, and maybe if there's our American listeners, they know where Bend is, maybe, you know, North America as well. But Bend is not like the most common place worldwide. But we spent time an hour outside of Bend in this place called Smith Rock for two whole weeks because the climbing was just awesome. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the gist of the trip that we did. Well, I, and we, I mean, myself and my, uh, my girlfriend, now my wife. At the, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's not the royal, royal way. That's right. <laughs> actual, actual way. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I've just at the time of at the time of this episode being released in July, I released episodes with a man called Graham Zimmerman, and he is a mountain climber, does a lot of first ascents, and he's based out of Bend, Bend Oregon, and okay. and he loves the climbing around there too. So he he can vouch for you too, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Bend is really close to uh, Mount Hood, and what's these mountains? I believe they're called the Three Sisters. So yeah, tons of alpine climbing around there. I mean, Oregon is just like this 
awesome, awesome adventure state. So if you're into just doing really cool sports, I mean, like, you know, Oregon is yeah. the place to go for sure. It's on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Just on massively. the list. Add, add, add another one to the list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the ever growing, <laughs> endless list of yeah. places to go. Damn. <laughs> So let's dive right right into the van life. So why was it van life? Why did you choose to explore North America in a van? Well, you know, and it's interesting because before this like hashtag van life thing was a thing, I had always wanted to do van life. And that's because, again, being a rock climber, that's just how rock climbers get around. If you want to go on a big trip, you just you got to live in your car. You got to live in this mm. van. So this was always an idea. I had actually known multiple people who had done van trips um, you know, years prior already. And even since I've done my van trip, uh, many people in my direct crew, like my direct crew of friends, uh, have gone on van trips. So it's just, it's a thing that happens in the climbing community. And so it's something that I knew I wanted to do because I just wanted to climb, just do a lot of consistent rock climbing. Um, and there was also part of it, you know, I was working a job that I wasn't super thrilled with and I wanted some time to escape the nine to five to contemplate, you know, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Like, this isn't what I want. A lot of people have felt that. Yeah. Um, And really what I initially did the van life is I was hoping that I would find answers out there. And uh, I can't say I did. But Mm. what I did create for myself was the space to think to process fortunately i have a very uh introspective partner as well so we had lots of space to process together to contemplate and really it's actually in the conversations with other people that we're able to find other alternative lifestyles that more suited what it is that we were looking to create and from that and a lot of reading and conversations and da 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 you know, I was able to kind of discover what more my passion was so that by the time I got home from my trip, um, I was more ready to embark on something that was more meaningful and fulfilling in my life. So there was there was that. And and the last kind of smaller part also, I mean, I was uh, living with my girlfriend at the time. We'd been living together for a year. You know, even living together with a girlfriend, I mean, spending 40 hours plus a week at a job, I mean, how much time are we really spending together? Yeah. And so this yep. was like, okay, well, am I going to spend the rest of my life with this person? I should definitely be able to handle a van trip for a year with this person. Um, if I can't, that's a sign. So that was also kind of going on in the background um, as well. So there was a bunch of different factors that uh, had me go in the van. Yeah. Yeah. And and that relationship that in the van it, it is... <laughs> It is so key and it was make and break. I think I, uh, there's an interview up, um, came out on the 4th of July. So again, with this being released in the future, um, with Renee roaming and she did a seven month van life trip, uh, around all of the, at the time, 59 U S national parks, uh, wow. with her partner. Uh, and that was every single day, right in the van, right next to the partner. Uh, and, also, to go back to you saying that a year, 11 months wasn't enough time, you're absolutely right, because they only did national parks seven months yeah. in the most optimized route possible. Yeah. And they were still manic. So, and, yeah. and you're not spending as much time as you want. These national parks are so big. And then you're, if you're only going to national parks, I mean, you're skipping all these amazing national forests. There's like amazing yeah. national forests. Check out provincial, uh, not provincial, state parks, all that kind of stuff as well. 
Um, yeah, and I definitely, uh, you know, empathize with the small space thing. I mean, yet two full-size adults living in a tiny, tiny space. Metal tin. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's <laughs> some like major communication hurdles that you want to overcome. And that was a huge, that ended up being a massive part of our trip. Really, uh, kind of a make or break situation. And, uh, if we have time, I can tell like this longer story, this uh, slightly longer story about how that those communication issues were actually a catalyst to me kind of finding my passion, this idea behind the mindful communication podcast and what I do for a living right now. So it was a very, um, you know, it's not always van life is not always what it's cracked up to be as is shown on Instagram. There's kind of a oh. lot of low points. There's a lot of boredom uh, and there's a lot of communication breakdowns if you're going to do it with another person. So something something to keep in mind as uh, people want to embark on an awesome, awesome adventure. Yeah, I think the um, the quote I heard recently is don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlights, mm. their, their showreels. Yeah, so, um, it, it's, and it's hard too. It just, it's, oh God, it's yeah. just our temptation to, to just compare the highlights to our behind the scenes, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So talk, talking about metal tins and being so close, do you remember what van you were in and were there any modifications? Yeah, so we got a 1984 GMC Vandura with a pop top and <laughs> it was in okay shape when we got it. It was cheap, which was what we were aiming for. And uh, the modifications we ended up adding it in, adding in was we got an electric cooler and I ended up installing some solar panels on the roof. Oh, so nice. um, those were the major modifications that we did. Uh, and then with the solar panels, of co- solar panels, of course, we had batteries and um, and and one thing to add is uh, my wife. She did an amazing job at completely redecorating this thing. Because when we first got the van, this thing looked like it was from 1984. Like the upholstery was just like it was some actually something out of like the 70s, like that 70s show. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but it was like something out of that. It was hideous inside there there's like carpets on the roof like on the ceiling it was just absurd so we what she ended up doing was amazing she taught herself how to sew she reupholstered the furniture in there in this like amazing color we put carpets in the van to give it a homey feel and she put up some funky wallpaper in the back and it just made it feel so much like home so yeah for sure shoes off before you come in right (laughs) Absolutely. And we would always take our shoes off before we came in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, want, you want to make it your home, right? Don't, don't yeah, just wander in with it. boots. That's it. You're going to spend a whole year there. You might as well make it comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've kind of touched upon your interest there with rock climbing. Yeah. Uh, just in a bit more depth with that, how did you get into rock climbing? And are there any other sort of adventurous interests you've got lying around in the, in the back there? Yeah, rock climbing. I mean, by the time I'd gone on the trip, I'd been rock climbing for almost a decade. So I think it was it was just um, an activity that I think I was interested in, and uh, so I got really into it. And I met my wife at the rock climbing gym, so it was always a shared. Yeah, I know, so cute, right? Uh, It's always (laughs) a shared activity between us. Um, And uh, yeah, we'd been on rock climbing trips before, so we knew we wanted to do a lot of rock climbing. But yeah, we're also into hiking we love hiking uh we did uh, a little back we did some backcountry stuff so we got a permit to go down into the grand canyon sleep by the colorado oh, river so that was super cool as well um and we also 
what was really important for us at the time is is checking out cool cities. So you know we we went all the way down to New Orleans just to check out New Orleans. Uh, we spent some you know a few days in San Francisco and in Portland and Seattle and so. We also did that. So it was a kind of a blend of everything, though. I'd say that the bulk of our time was spent rock climbing for sure. For sure. Then, and what a way to spend it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just the days fly by when we're rock climbing and it just it kicks your butt. It gets you in great, great shape. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And so that involves funding because you need kit. Yeah. Having a van and living in it for 11 months involves funding. I mean, are, are you happy to mention funding, how, how you went about affording that for 11 months? Yeah, so the way that we did it was we just saved up front and we spent the money there. So here's how we did it. And uh, Chris, I was telling you before that this was actually part of like a really grand master plan. And mm. the van life was just one part of our trip. We actually ended up traveling for two and a half years in total, straight without stopping. So two and a half years in total. And, um, but one of it was spent in the van and that's what we're kind of focused on here. So the way it worked was for, for about two or three years, we were just saving money and we were really diligent about it. We still got to enjoy ourselves. We still lived in our own apartment and stuff like that. But I mean, we weren't eating out at, we weren't eating out a lot. We mm. were, we weren't buying like new clothes. We definitely weren't buying the newest gadgets. And, uh, we were just really aware of how we were spending our money and our money was being spent on like rent and like groceries and yeah, like going out every once in a while, not for anything extravagant, but like with our and hanging out with our friends and stuff like that. So we were very disciplined and we were disciplined for quite an amount of time. We were together for two years by the time we left on this trip. And even a year prior, I was also working. I was living at home. I was working a really well-paid corporate job as well. So that all makes a huge difference in terms of this kind of stuff. So all in all, we took all that money and then we ended up quitting our jobs <laughs> and starting to travel. So we had like a fair bit of money. We had like over $100,000 Canadian saved. I, ha I, I partly owned a house with a friend. I sold out of that. So I got a bunch of money for that as well. Oh, wow. Um, one also huge save was... Um, I had a, a bit of um, investments and in stocks, and one of it was Canopy Growth Corporation. I don't know if you know about that, but it's this huge cannabis company in, in Canada. And I bought the stock when it was at like $5, and by the time I sold it, it was $30. So uh, we made like a cool 10 or 20 grand off that. So we got super, Whoa. super lucky on that one. But in terms of the actual costs of the van, I mean, the van itself was five grand Canadian. It was really cheap. And I'm still... You know, I've only done the one van trip and I've only heard what other people have done with the van trip. I don't know if it's worth investing a lot of money up front, hoping that the van doesn't break down or investing very little money and then expecting it to break down. Because <laughs> the thing that I've just talked about to a lot of people is that van breakdowns, they happen. Mm -hmm. And when you're driving such long distances, I just, yeah, we have other friends that spent 20 grand on like a beautiful sprinter that has like a beautiful custom build on the inside. And yeah, it also had a breakdown and they ended up having to replace this super expensive part in the, you know, the middle of Tennessee. So it's just, it's luck of the draw really. And uh, we didn't know, we just looked up vans and we didn't even know what a sprinter was at the time. We were pretty uninformed. Yeah. Um, uh, so we got this, we, we saw this van, it worked well enough 
So we're like, all right, let's do it. Let's grab this for 5K, whatever. Just like laugh it <laughs> off. And we had quite a few issues with it. Like we had two engine breakdowns, fuel pump, this thing called a U-joint. I don't even know what that that was. But <laughs> like just, just ridiculous amounts of issues. So um, that was an unfortunate part of the trip. And it taught us tremendous lessons in going with the flow and accepting what is. So $5,000 upfront for the van. We ended up putting probably another $10,000 in the van just in terms of replacing an engine and all the other costs that solar panels, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. Um, so all in all, and then um, and then we ended up selling it for five ten thousand dollars So we actually got a bunch of it back. So it wasn't super oh, wow. expensive at the end. Yeah. Um, and b- by the time we sold it, it was in great shape. Let me tell you, the people who bought yeah. it after us, our mechanic was like, oh, whoever you're selling this to is going to love this van. So Good. the trip itself, though, just in terms of fuel and in terms of food, it cost us around $30,000 for the year, Canadian. Oh, wow. And that is, we were cooking almost exclusively all of our meals. I think we went out to restaurants, like I can count it on, on my hands, how many times we went out to restaurants. So we were cooking all of our own food. We were climbing mostly, so it's not like an expensive activity. That said, we still had, we were moving a lot because we really wanted to go to lots of cool national parks. I told you we stopped in cities. So yeah, we went to like some cool museums and stuff like that. But we just saw the food situation as something that we could just do ourselves. And from time, excuse me, from time to time, you know, you go to the occasional restaurant. But we were pretty disciplined in that department. And that's why it ended up costing about $30,000 for the trip to live for about 11 months in the van. Wow. <laughs> yeah, thought, I don't it, know if it compares to everyone else that was um, on the show before. Well, the, the cost adds up, doesn't it? It's, um, it, it, Depends on what you do, doesn't it? Depends depends on where you go, I suppose, as well. If, if you spent your whole time in Mexico, I imagine it would be cheaper. Yeah, like Mexico, we spent three months in Mexico and we were in the same spot. So there's this place outside of Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey is the capital of Nuevo Leon, which is one of the more northern provinces. Mm-hmm. And about an hour outside of there is this climbing area called El Potrero Chico. And it's these just these two limestone mountains, tons of climbing there. And you can camp for five dollars a night, Ooh. so five bucks a night. And the food in Mexico is super cheap. I mean, we were eating like avocados every day because they're mm. so cheap. Yeah. Um, so we were cooking all of our meals, and even when you wanted to eat out every once in a while, it was not that expensive. And because we were staying put for three months, we saved a ton of money on gas. Yeah, for sure. Which is, I, th- I think, at the time of recording, we're in the, the coronavirus lockdown, or at least coming out of it now. Yeah. And, um, and and yeah, I, I'm feeling the big saving from fuel. So yeah. I can relate with you there. It's that, nice. is, that is one of the biggest costs, just in terms of travel in general, is one of the biggest budget areas that you want to take mm. care of is, is movement. If you stay in one spot, it's going to be way cheaper than moving around. So well, fuel, uh, insurance, a, and engine. <laughs> yeah, and engine. Yeah. Adds up. I'll tell you about that one, yeah. So we've got this great foundation and great image of, of, of everything ready to go for this North America trip. Let's go through some highlights for uh, chronologically right from the start all the way back through to home again. Yeah. So, I mean, highlights, all the national parks uh, in the States and in Canada were like just so top notch. Uh, so much good rock climbing. Loved being yeah. in Mexico for so long. Checked out several spots in Mexico, which was great. 
loved being in Vegas. Um, I know Vegas, a lot of people go for like gambling and partying mm. and some of that. We were there to rock climb for two weeks. It was it was the bomb. Lots of bouldering, lots of multi-pitch climbing. Um, and uh, we also loved being in Bishop, California. It's like a climbing mecca there. Uh, honestly, the biggest highlight, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it was just the people that we met. Um, hey, that's not know, cheesy. Anyone who's anyone who's traveled knows yeah. knows exactly what that means. Yeah. You know, we we um we had our first engine breakdown, and we were in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Just, <laughs> nice. If you're not that's from, a place I've never States, heard of. You've never heard of it, right? It's where never. Alabama State Alabama State University is. So it's a huge football town, but that's where we broke down, and we managed to find some couch surfers that were willing to host us, mm. and uh, we became friends with these couch surfers, couch surfing hosts, and mm. I mean we're still in touch with them to this day, and we just like had these amazing friendships, and oh, we'll we ended up using a lot of couch surfing in order to even just take showers and stuff like that, and. Yeah, we're still in touch with so many of these people who have just like been these like reoccurring characters in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I even mentioned that we went on like that big Asia trip later um, for another year and a half. And yeah, a bunch of those people we met in the States or Canada, they ended up joining us in Asia and we would travel with them there. So it was it was pretty magical, you know, especially. Yeah, it, you go on the trips because you want the Instagram photos of these amazing places, which are really great. But um, it's the people that you share those moments with that really make it memorable. So mm. um, those are the highlights, just meeting these like crazy, crazy characters that, um, yeah, just really uh, sear your memory with them. Good, great, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the amount of people I, I've... I have the fortune of interviewing on here and, and they, they all good. The people are the people, the people are great. And it, it is something that will always bring you back. I think it, you it, thinking about all the places I've been to, unless I was there just to see the, the landscape, it's always, I always think about the people, even Tunisia, uh, which I went just, uh, I went the year before they had their unfortunate sort of beach terrace attack. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I went there and, and we didn't do an awful amount, you know, we had, we had we had one. This is before I was into all this, and it was it was with uh, my daughter's mum at the time, and um and we had this adventure day, and uh, we we were like, right, okay, for this week we're gonna sit by the beach and just chill out, but this one day is gonna be our adventure day, and we did paragliding, um, um and we did uh, quad biking into the mountains and a few other bits as well, and it was all the people we met, and we we were it was such a different culture from the UK, you know. We just got crammed into a minibus and the traffic was mental and we thought is this really a legitimate excursion sort of thing going on yeah and um and yeah the people were just so friendly and they took us to, to i guess it's a is a hookup with one of their friends cafes but on the quad yeah. bike they stop us off to get a drink there and yeah it was super friendly so even even a place that's just so different to the uk and in africa uh, is just the people make it so yeah, yeah. And- what was really special for me is, yeah, we met so many kind locals, obviously, that helped us out when we needed it. But, you know, it was really in these moments. So we'd be in these climbing areas for like extended periods of time. So eventually you start seeing some familiar faces on the circuit or just people. You just start seeing them around for several days. You start being friendly with them. And, you know, listen, you're not going to get along with everybody. Not You're not going to be friends with everyone. And everyone's like pretty nice. But then every once in a while, you come across those gems. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just those people that are like, hit wow. straight away. oh, wow, we are we are going to be great friends for a really <laughs> long time. And it's it's those moments where you it's kind of like you're searching for those people. 
and then you come across them. I remember in Mexico too. That was like the that was the first time we really met some like amazing people, and we met them at the crag, and we just started talking about all these fun and funny things, and um, yeah, we're still really great friends with this couple to this day. Um, they ended up traveling in India with us, and. Uh, oh, wow. Just amazing, amazing people um, that I never see leaving my life. Um, those, those are the people that I particularly remember the most. Yeah, perfect. Uh, well, I, I, I suppose the middle ground of that is hitting off really well with people. And I saw a meme about this the other day. It was, is everyone, everyone has someone they hit off really well with on holiday, and now you're just not talking weirdly, watching their life from a distance unfold on Facebook. Yeah, that's that's the, <laughs> so kind there's of that middle ground that too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Always better if you could stay in touch. For sure. Um, so I want to talk to you a bit more about the rock climbing aspect. So you, you you did so much when you were out there. Were there any particular mountains that really, really stood out for you as highlights? Mm. I would say in terms of, it's it's really hard to say. There was some pretty spectacular areas. Uh, there was one like really cool place we went to in Mexico called El Chanta. And uh in order to get, we like somehow got to this place, parked our car, and then what you do is you camp and stay in the cave. And where you park your car is on a farm. It's like on someone's farm. Oh, and wow. what they do is they have a bunch of donkeys and they bring water for you and they can carry your stuff in. So we like pack these mules and you walk 45 minutes to like this cave and then that's where you camp. And every few days they would like, we would walk out and like, Ask them to bring a few more like jugs of water. So that was really cool. And climbing in caves is a ton of fun. Um, also loved hanging out in Bishop, California, because we were camping on BLM land. You got these like snow-capped mountains in the distance. Um, the climbing there was absolutely stellar. So loved it there. Uh, personally, I loved Smith Rock um, in Oregon. I love the style of climbing there. Um, and they also have a little bit of trad climbing too, which is really cool. Um, and Squamish was amazing as well. Squamish has just got like, it's just like a mecca for rock climbing there. So uh, really, really love it there. So, I mean, so many good spots. Uh, anyway, those those are some that's kind of stick out to me right now. Yeah, I could go on. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And and talking a bit more about the national parks as well, uh, you mentioned some hikes. Were there any epic hikes that you did in any of the national parks in Canada and the US? Yeah, so definitely uh, a highlight for me was actually in Jasper in National Park in Canada. Um, and it's not as visited because a lot of people hit up Banff, which is just outside of the city called Calgary. Mm. Um, but if you drive three hours north of Banff, then you get to Jasper. And some of the hikes around Jasper are absolutely incredible. Do not miss Jasper. It was so amazing. So Jasper, huge highlights. Um, had a great time in the Grand Canyon as well, going down into the Colorado, like next to the Colorado River. So amazing. Um, Yosemite as well. I mean, like, wow, what a, that place is like heaven on earth. So incredible. And just a quick hack for anyone who's listened until this point in the podcast, I'm going to make it <laughs> worth your time because here's what you do if you find yourself in Yosemite, right? And you want to stay there on a budget. Okay. Yes. What happens is there's this place called Camp Four. It's where all the climbers stay. It's the cheap, okay. the cheap camping, right? It's eight, eight, eight dollars a night. Now the thing is, is first come first serve. So if you're gonna if you're gonna roll up there at like ten, even like ten or noon or even in the afternoon, you're probably not gonna get a spot because people will stay there for several weeks at a time. It's first come first serve. So here is what you do. What you want to do is you stay a lot of a lot of um, national parks. They have national forests 
right next to them or right outside of them. National forests are almost uh, are often, at least in my experience, mm. free to camp in. So, for example, instead of staying inside the Grand Canyon, we literally stayed two minutes from the entrance, and it was free. So that was great. And so what you want to do is when you get to Yosemite, you want to do the same thing. So outside of the gates, you want to stay in the National Forest right there and just camp there for free. Now, the challenge with Yosemite is that from the gates down to the valley floor, it's like a good 45-minute drive. So what you want to do is it doesn't matter what day because Camp 4 is so big. There's always people leaving. What you want to do is you want to wake up absurdly early. Some, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say something like four or five in the morning at the latest and then drive in. It's 24 hours entry. You can just go into the park and drive down to the valley floor, park your car in the Camp 4 parking lot, and you wait at the booth until it opens. I think it opens at eight. Guaranteed you will get a spot there. And then you can stay there for, I think, like two or three weeks. And oh, it's wow. $8 a night. And then you're staying in Yosemite Valley. And it's like just so amazing. There's so many hikes, stunning. so much climbing. It's, it's absolutely stunning. It really is. So there's my little juicy tip. Um, so that, oh, was a, that was a huge highlight as well. Spicy. <laughs> and, and then one also uh, amazing hike was in the Redwood uh, National Park as well in California. Big, like the biggest trees on earth. Um, just walking through that amazing forest into this like magical like fern cavern like this like um, this there's like these stone walls that you kind of like funnel through and there's these ferns everywhere it's just absolutely magical and then you all of a sudden you're on the beach and it's just like cool to see the shift from from giant trees to beach and then back so um, yeah uh, so many good hikes so many good hikes oh that sounds beautiful yeah so we're, we're getting close to time. So before we get onto some wrap up questions, is there anything else we need to know about your van trip around North America? I mean, I think I gave some pretty key points just in terms of takeaways for our listeners, right? Mm. The big debate is, do you invest upfront in an expensive van or get a cheap van? If I think if I did it over, I would just pay the money upfront and take the chance because um, dealing with van issues is just not fun. Because you never know with the mechanic, um, especially independent mechanics. Like, I am all about going to dealerships now. Do not mess around with independent mechanics. No bueno. So I would say that for sure. Moving around is the expensive part. So if you can find spots you really like to stay, definitely do that. And then use the National Forest System in order to get free places to camp. I mean, we, we pay for accommodation for like two nights in a year. Um, because we were, we had some friends staying with us in San Francisco and I mean, they want, we wanted to stay downtown in San Francisco, but oh, yeah. otherwise it was all free. We use couch surfing. We use freecampsites.net, lots of national forests. That's the way to do it. So other than that, I think those are some pretty solid, solid tips. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that was a pretty epic, epic set of tips to finish on yeah. there. Yeah. So what's one thing that surprised you the most about getting in a van and exploring the, the continent? Hmm surprised me the most mm. i think it was actually at the time it was like the kind of the lows that we experienced um with breakdowns uh with things not going the way that was planned mm. um it was a huge learning experience for me um didn't didn't deal well with stress at the time didn't deal well with rapid change at the time i thought i was okay at it but um there were some like really hard moments where i would just 
went to my default of either pushing feelings away or um, kind of exploding, and, and that didn't work very well. So um, that's just part, that's just how that goes. You know, I, I say this often is, you know, we're, we think that we're going for this year-long vacation. Vacations are fun. They're just like highs all the time. But it's not a year-long vacation. It's just living life on the road. Yeah. So all your neuroses and all that good stuff that ha you have back home, that stuff follows you. So um, just beware of that. And the highs are just so, so good. So mm -hmm. I don't want to discount those either. Um, so I'd say that that's the one thing that surprised me the most. Perfect. If there was one thing, if you, if you could go back and change one thing about that van, that one modification, what would it be? The one if modification any. of the van, like of the modifications I made? Yeah. So it, did you finish up the trip and go, damn, I wish we had a mini fridge? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would say definitely a fridge instead of this electric cooler. And um, I would also say the only the risk that we did with the solar panels is that we drilled into the roof and lo and behold, we had some leaks every once in a while. Mm. So I met another guy who used really strong Velcro to hold it all down and it actually worked really well for him. I don't know how well that would necessarily work, um, but I think I would try a different method rather than drilling into the roof. Yeah, and don't drive as fast. <laughs> so they yeah. fly off the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously you had such an epic two and a half year Tra uh, traveling trip but for this question it's just the van trip what's one moment that you'd love to relive from that year spent on the continent hmm there was um it was in the grand canyon there was just the one day where we didn't sleep next to the colorado river but uh we we hiked to it and it was just very um we were very alone down there um mm. and it was really cool it was me and my partner and um we just, we actually dropped our packs off that had all of our stuff. We dropped them off and we went on this like mini hike with like no backpacks and maybe like a water bottle in our hand. And we just felt light and we were laughing. And um, it was just a really cool experience to be down right at the bottom of the Grand Canyon with um, the person that I love most in my life. So, yeah. Wow. That sounds pretty cool. Well, listen, yeah. I, I... That question always tricks me because I always ask it and I forget I'm hosting because it's always an amazing memory people describe. <laughs> I forget I'm doing a podcast. I'm just there like, wow, that sounds just beautiful. But listen, yeah. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's really, really been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if and, you know, one thing that we didn't really quite touch on, but, you know, I, the Mindful Communication podcast is my podcast. I'm all about communication stuff. And, you know, we, I didn't tell the story, but you know, in the van, I really discovered this thing called communication mm. that I always thought I was really good at. Turns out I wasn't good at, as good at it as I thought. I think a lot of people feel that way, don't they? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what I ended up spending a lot of my van trip doing is reading books, practicing, and uh, really honing and mastering these communication systems. And I got really good at dealing with conflicts. And not only did that heavily impact my relationship with my partner, but it ended up spreading with my friends and my family. And I have these amazing relationships in my life right now. So that's kind of what I've dedicated my life to. So make sure to check out my podcast for some amazing communication mm. information. You can also go to my website, mindfulcommunication.me. I have two amazing resources there. One's a free four-part video training series. You can check that out on how to transform any conflict. And the other one is if you have a difficult conversation in your life that you're avoiding, you don't have to avoid it much longer. You can book some time with me and you can use the promo code MOUNTAIN50 and you get 50% off. 
And uh, we come up with a game plan for how you can naturally and powerfully have this conversation with confidence, with ease, um, so you can move past it and get on that van trip without this thing nagging you in the background. For sure. And I'll tell you what, if anyone does that as well, let them know you've come from the podcast too. Uh, say say hello from me through through That's your right. time with Jonathan. Let me know that Chris sent you. That's right. And I'll put all those links down in the show notes too. So you'll be able to hit the subscribe, the the um, the description on the podcast if you're not driving. And, uh, and also it'll be on the website, which will be launched by this point too. But Jonathan, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And it really was a pleasure. It was such a pleasure having Jonathan on. It's, it's always great to have someone on who's got some great experience, a great story and journey to tell. And yeah, fantastic quick chat with him there. Feel free to check out his links as well. And if you can use his services, by all means, just get in touch and ask him a question. If you would like to join in with the community, I'll put some links down below. Feel free to subscribe and share it with a friend. And otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the next one.